you're listening to Vince Tracy and Matt King. You're on Red Alert. So, a very good day. Welcome, everybody. It's Europe Calling with Matt King and Vince Tracy, and today we're looking at a topic, Vive la Différence. It's the difference between the way men see things and the way women see things. Our weather here is uh, very, very sort of wintry, but not that cold. Um, Definition on the mountain, good. All the plants look reasonably happy, and let's hope that... uh, Well, we just keep saying it. Let's hope for peace in the world, especially in the war zones. So without any further ado, let me go due west around about uh, 45 minutes and I should find Matt. And a very good morning to you, Matt. A, how are you? And B, what is your weather like? Well, Vince, I'm happy in the morning. Oh, that's good. I've been awake for a couple of hours now, so I'm wide, wide, wide awake. Oh, that's uh, good. That's good. Good morning. I'll stop that now. I put him in a drawer. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually quite a nice, quite nice weather here. Um, the sun is shining through, and the clouds. We've got some low clouds, so I should think that it will uh, cut out a little tiny bit later on, but. Uh, Nevertheless, today, well, let's let's be honest. Between the both of us, every day is a good day, isn't it? Really, rain, shine, frost, wind, snow. Well, not that we get any of that last three, but uh, it's a great day to be alive. So uh, get out there, everybody, and enjoy it. It is. And now, if we're looking at the difference between the way men see it and the way women see things, um, then of course without actually saying it at the time, you're talking about gender. And so I'm reading from uh, the uh, websites that tell us the male sex or the female sex, especially when considered with reference to social and cultural differences rather than biological ones or one of a range of other identities that do not correspond to established ideas of male and female. So uh, you can see the messing about with the definition there. Um, So I looked at grammar, and in languages such as Latin, French, and German, each of the classes, typically masculine, feminine, common, neuter, of nouns and pronouns distinguished by the very different inflections which they and uh, which they require in words syntactically associated with them. Grammatical gender is only very loosely associated with distinctions of sex. So somebody has been to that website and had a damn good look at uh, trying to make it confusing, uh, which it isn't. Uh, I can see somebody nine times out of every ten and probably nine and a half times out of every ten. In fact, I'd go so far as to say 9.7 times out of every ten. I will know whether it's a male or a female coming towards me. Now, I do I do accept uh, that from time to time I have to have a second look, but um, it is important in many ways. Now, first of all, um, did you know that the um, the gender as a word has been updated like that? Because uh, I was quite surprised when I went to see it in the website that I was looking at. Um, you know, because I think we most of us have got through our lives knowing full well the difference between male and female. I think we have a fair idea that that's how we got here. Um, I'm speaking for certainly myself. Um, would you say you're the same? No, well, I, I, I'm definitely the same. Um, I, 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 stroke, I like to be magnanimous about it all, really, to be perfectly honest. I like to think that I'm open to life's dreadful idiot, dreadful, I use the word idiosyncrasies nowadays, but I, I at the end of the day, um, when the one great scorer comes, I'll have to say, for me, there's only two genders and there's only two... Uh, things you can be a man and a woman and society for some ridiculous reason i mean if you go back to the to the 60s uh 
late 50s when I was born, you know, there were these clubs and there were homosexuals. Yeah, fine. That's fine. But they did keep themselves into the West End of London mainly. There must have been a place in Liverpool where they, they all hung out. And I, I actually don't have a problem with them being homosexual. If that's their choice in life path, I think they have to undergo a, a lot of pain and a lot of uh, hurt to become uh, a homosexual. But but these other declensions, other 105 declensions of, of of people, what you are, I find that absolutely ridiculous. How, how can that possibly happen? We've all gone nuts. Well, I think, look, uh, you have to go to the reasons behind this business, which is basically if you uh, spread confusion, then you start tampering with clarity. And the clarity for me came with simplicity. Like, for example, uh, when I was growing up, if you had a little boy, then you tended to wear blue booties. And if it was a little girl, she might be wearing pink booties. And so the mum was sending a message very quickly. Uh, I've got a boy or I've got a girl. And, and to be honest with you, see, I didn't grow up with any of this nonsense whatsoever. Um, okay. Is it nonsensical? It is to me. But if I'm caught in the problem, then yes, I can understand uh, your magnanimity and that you want to be nice and accepting. And I try to be the same as well. If I meet somebody who is, um, shall we say, different, neither one nor the other, or possibly uh, the first thing you always look at, Matt, is it a nice person? You only ever go to gender you, things. You, you and I do. I, I'm sure, to be honest, I, I don't think that that's what generally people do nowadays. I think they look at what they can get out of that person, what they can, how they can uh, gain something over on top of them. I, 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 I think we're, we're, you know, when, when I when I grew up, I used to think that we were generally good people. I used to think that the human race were generally good. My my, my upbringing was was very good. My parents were very good. My my grandfather and grandmother were exceptional. Um, but that doesn't seem to be able to, even though travel is much easier nowadays. Well, it was until Brexit, but uh, travel was was is so accessible to everybody now. And you can even if you live halfway across the world, you can go like you with you with your some of your family are in Australia, I believe. So, you know, you can go and visit them whenever you want to, if you've got the money to do it all the time. But, you know, of course, that can another factor. But you, I, I, I really do not see how it's got to how it's got. Well, I and do. It's the same, you know. Well, I, I'm sorry. No. I'm quite fortunate because I do know uh, as far as. My thinking, I'm not going to tell you that, that I'm totally right, but I think I understand. And I think I bore some people when I say this, but it has to be said. When I went to study, I was 36. When I went to get my degree and then start really looking at education and getting a, a little bit more into me. Uh, and at that first time that I went into the library in the College of St. Mark and St. John, which is part of uh, Exeter University now, I went and I read the Communist Party Manifesto. Why did I read it? I read it because we'd grown up with the spectre of nuclear war and the um, incident which happened, of course, um, with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Now, so, you know, everybody used to always talk about these terrible people, the communists. And uh, whilst they have been getting more and more strength, uh, plus other factors as well, other people's groups, uh, it looks to me like the Christian message has been totally and utterly diminished. And, you know, um, I, I am not an evangelist or anything. I am just somebody that's trying to understand my life and why people are tampering with my life. So if you've got the advent of, uh, shall we say, confusion, um, and why would people want to confuse us? Well, uh, if you look at what was said in the Communist Party Manifesto, if you want to defeat capitalism, uh, 
then you defeat the family. Now, I think that's where the, the battleground really is. And I think this business of defeating the family is right at the core, right at the nub of gender. Because the way the Christian message used to always be is a one man and one woman and a specific ceremony which blessed the union so that the children would have a firm foundation. And now, of course, we're getting to the stage where we're having all sorts of jocularity, merriment, and anything that can understand the Christian or undermine the Christian message, it would appear. Um, like, for example, you sent me a video of a priest with a load of choir servers and altar boys and things all doing a silly dance. And I think your message was along the, the lines of, you know, I don't agree with this. And my message back to you was, it's another nail in the coffin of um, Christianity and religious belief. Now, I think, um, as I think we've both described in the past, um, belief is paramount to having a some sort of normality in your life. And I am very, very thankful for the beliefs that I grew up with. Um, we used to have a sex education as a minimal part of our religious education. Our religious education was half an hour every day, every day. So if people wonder why I have the sort of uh, feelings that I have, I was educated from a very, very early age, but um, the half an hour day bit came when I went into the secondary school, which was run by Irish Christian brothers. Before that, I don't really remember my early Christian um, uh, education, but I do know that it was imparted at St. Joseph's Catholic Primary School, where we mainly had female teachers. We had two male teachers. We had the head teacher, uh, who used to give us the whack, and then there was another one, Pop Burns, who was in the top class. But otherwise, all my formative years were very much my mum, very good mother, my dad, very, very strict dad, and my teachers who tended to be female, and I don't remember too much about those very early ones until I got to Miss Bulger, Mrs. Bulger actually, um, who was quite a disciplinarian. Okay, um, so by the time I'd have five years or so of the differences between my four sisters, well, you know, the first couple of years there would just be two sisters, and then later on another two sisters joined us, but... I was fairly, well, I would say fairly, I was absolutely 100% sure of the difference between a boy and a girl. Now then, Matt, that was my formative years. Uh, over to you and maybe think back and reflect on how you found your schooling in the very early days. Well, you know, I look, you know, I haven't, don't have much of a memory from my stroke. Um, I think everybody who's listening to us will probably have heard that a dozen times as well. So it's a little bit of not a fraud, but I, I, I see pictures and and the pictures I have were that there were for some funny kids. Now, that's how it was sort of explained to me at the time. Funny kids um, by my mother and father Um it was never explained to me in any length by anybody. And it certainly wasn't in the science uh, when we were instructed about, um, you know, uh, how, where a baby comes from. And it's not a stalk that arrives and de deposits on the chimney and, you know, it, how it happened. Sex education. That was that was something that um, was never, 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 never brought up. Um and so, therefore, I didn't really know that it existed. And I think I must have been pretty stupid because I I didn't see it sort of coming until probably the 80s when it went absolutely bonkers up in uh, Carnaby Street and all those places, late 70s, early 80s. And it went bonkers. Um, but, you know, I've said to you and you've admitted as well, we've, we've both got friends who are gay 
that are friends. I mean, they are people we know. They're people we care for, or I certainly do anyway. I can't speak for yourself, but I certainly care care for them. Um, I can't accept what they do. I, I It doesn't feel natural to me at all. But nevertheless, that's the way they are and that's the way they they lead their lives. And I suppose nowadays, and especially since we've talked about it quite a lot over the last year and a half or whatever, I've learned to sort of not ignore it, but to, to run alongside it. And if it doesn't affect me, then I, I don't see anything I can do about it unless I get a placard Write right on it and then go and march somewhere like some of these people do. I, I don't want to be like that in this, well, a probably limited life that we have left because we're counting down. We say that quite often, don't we? Yeah. We're counting down. We're not counting up. But we'd both like to see a wholesome lifestyle when we leave. And I, and I think it's just the devil in our, in our terms that's at work. Well, I and think it so. Seems to be, it seems to be winning. Well, I, I am totally of that opinion now because hitherto, um, I, you know, I've had friends who at school, we when we were growing up, I knew they were different. Uh, but of course, you know, the homosexuality bit or anything like that, the first time that came into my life um, was much, much later. Um, you know, you just accept or vive la différence. They, these are just uh, what we would in the past have called boys that, that were a bit effeminate. Uh, but, y- you know, you certainly wouldn't want any bullying or anybody being nasty to them or anything like that. Um, and, and I still feel that way. Uh, it doesn't really matter whether somebody is of another gender or, you know, these other things that they're trying to invent every week. Um, for me, it's about how you treat people. And if somebody is a nice person, then you treat per- that person nicely and you try and be as nice as you can to any of the friends that you meet along the way that are with that person. So for my yeah. money, um, y- you know, I have to say to myself, uh, th- this conversation today is very very much more important than we probably would have thought about if we even go back 10 or 15 years I mean when I came to Benidorm I'd never seen so many um, should we say uh, gay people because basically Benidorm is that type of a place Um, so uh, I started to um, go to places where they were and uh, would meet people and would sit and talk to people and like you identified we have gay friends but uh, you see the thing is the word itself was changed it's homosexual that's what the word is but we're not supposed to use that word it doesn't appear anywhere now um, so I'm looking at other words now for gender sex pronoun feminine you never used to uh, really looked at uh, at gender, male or female, you didn't really think of that as a pronoun. I suppose, y- you know, it was just um, something that wasn't important. Maybe that was why. Sexual category. I mean, we've never had to think about things like this. But what I did always think about was things like, um, you know, womanliness or manliness or manhood. And I do, I do know that when I was growing up, um, my dad used to be very much, you, you, you don't cry, you know, uh, you, you have a stiff upper lip. Um, you, I can remember very, very few times when my dad put his arm around me. You know, my dad was very strict, very different, because he was himself brought up um, by uh, his dad. His mother had died when he was six. So all this comes into the way that we grow up. I mean, um, not once in my uh, formative years um, were we sort of taught to hate anything. Um, And certainly we wouldn't have been looking for this sort of hate in our lives. It didn't enter into our lives in the slightest. I didn't, I don't think I actually met anybody who I know was definitely, um, you know, called homosexual. Um, until I would be about 18. And so, for me, uh, they used to talk about 
that person as being somebody different. He was a celebrity, by the way. Um, and uh, realistically, um, hate. The one thing I reached, re really didn't like was when I was in my teens and they used to have what was called queer bashing. I don't know if you remember reading about that. Um, yeah, I do remember. I do vaguely remember that, then that or that phrase anyway. Well, of course, the thing, it was only really with the uh, advent of the television uh, that you would have an alternative way of being educated. But you see, I didn't have a TV uh, to look at until in our house till I was 16. So realistically, I have not been tainted by the things that children of today's age are being tainted by. Um, you, you know, because we're older, because we're educated in a certain way, I can see uh, within the television programmes that are being offered all the time uh, that there's an agenda. And, of course, I use that expression quite deliberately because there is an agenda. And we forget that everybody who writes a play and gets it on the TV has an agenda. Whether we like it, whether other people like it, whether you want to accept it, it exists. Otherwise, the person that wrote that particular play and those people who are acting it wouldn't be conveying the message that those people are trying to get us to understand. So I think, really, um, if you think about our early formative years... Our biggest influence, my certainly was, my mum. Um, I remember my mum taking us down to see the Vikings at the local cinema. And uh, there'd be myself and my two sisters. Uh, my mum took us in and within five minutes we were back out on the street. My mum was horrified by the violence and the sexual stuff that was on the screen in front of us. And the more I think about it, good on my mum. I really, really do underestimate at times the influence of my mum and my dad and just to think that my mum had the strength, the strength, the power of conviction to walk out of that situation knowing full well that some people would probably not agree with what she was doing. But for me, um, those were the important things, the, the lead that we've had from our parents. Now, uh, we then have to ask ourselves, were my mum and dad right? Well, they were edu uh, they were educated. My mum was a, a convert to the Catholic faith. My dad was sort of, I suppose it would probably be blind faith because unfortunately or fortunately, that was the way we were educated in many respects. But I think we're now in this day and age seeing the difference between being taught religion and having a faith and and seeing what we're believing in and being indoctrinated by television programs uh, which now every time I switch on the TV especially um, later at night um, but certainly all through the day all you see is sex and violence that's all you see you hardly see a, a, a really decent program Matt I've said a lot what do you think well, I, I do agree with you. I do agree. It's, I think the point you're making is it's actually being forced in front of us and, and we don't have a choice to turn it off. That's the thing, because we're all interested in media and what's going on and we like to see. Well, there's not to be fair, to be honest, I, I you know, I really don't know. I don't really look forward to anything on TV anymore. The series yeah. The series that come on for four or five, you know, nights on the same night, I enjoy those. But the rest of it, I mean, I I find it boring. I find it banal. I don't see any point to it whatsoever because it's just it's gracious, gracious. Is that the right word? Gracious, um, vileness, really. Yeah. Uh, it's it and. If it was behind, if it if it was back behind closed doors, and if it was, I don't wish to oppress anybody. I don't want to feel like people are oppressed. But if it was behind, if it was a, a you know at twelve o'clock at night, or if it was when most of uh, I, I'd probably say normal or or old people like me are in bed, then I then that's up to them. There should be a time. Went it for them, you know. I, I I can't damn them all because I'm a humanist. 
I don't want to damn anybody. And I think a lot of people, actually, though, they they are that way, and it doesn't agree with you or I, but uh, they they are that way. They they can't help with it, and they 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 fight themselves for a lot. Of, I mean, I know, I do know three or four gay people that committed suicide because they couldn't fit in, and you know, because society didn't accept them, and I think that's tragic. But I also, you see, are you talking about personally, or are we talking about what do we think generally? Well, you can't. You can't, you know, you, you, I don't think you can damn everybody generally. But personally, it's not for me. I don't want to see it on my screen. I don't want to look at it. I, I just don't want to see it. Matt, I'm going to play the jingle just to um, lighten the load. You're listening to Matt King and Vince Tracy on Vince Tracy Podcasts. Right, just to let us clear our heads and let our listeners know that we both uh, want a better place for everybody in the world. And basically, I think some of this is, it's a bit of confession over things that maybe we've had to learn in a different way. And one thing certainly is that, um, you know, I think the TV, certainly if we've come from an age, I certainly have, uh, before TV, I think... I can clearly see that there were um, less harmful influences. And, of course, that doesn't mean to say that there were always the people that were giving us the message were totally right. Um, I think a big thing that's happening at the moment, of course, is trying to discredit the churches and things like that. Uh, but Vince, Can I just interrupt you there? Sure. Sorry. I, th- I think the church is discrediting themselves. I was going to just say that. Honest. I was just going to say well, that. So, I took the words uh, right out of your mouth. There's you, a song there you somewhere. Did. You did. Um, because sadly, you see, um, what we always get is the message of the bad ones. And it's like, really, um, I'm straying a little bit off the point, but when we were getting our messages at a young age, I can honestly say i don't think my mum was at all politicized at that sort of time i don't think the teachers were that politicized i think even when i went to the secondary uh, grammar school when i was 16 uh, you know 11 to 16 i don't really feel that there was any political influence i think there was a strong religious influence and i think that it was probably all trying to do the right thing and give us the right message from the Ten Commandments, um, which, you know, again, uh, I don't want to go too heavily into because obviously, if we're not careful, we're going to go completely off the point of why we sing things differently to the females. Now, we can talk heavily about our education, (laughs) but I do know that uh, speaking to Anne, she tells me that uh, she and her brother went to a little primary school, which was Church of England. And then uh, she went to an all-female um, secondary uh, uh, education, which, of course, um, is where I want to go next, looking at the sort of things that we are taught when we go uh, to secondary education. I mean, the obvious one that we were never taught, and I think, unless you um, tell me otherwise, um, in our secondary education, there was no, no education about financial matters at all. Just absolutely nothing. You know, when I think back, um, how on earth um, you learn only by sort of just making mistakes, making errors. Um, I didn't learn anything about how to use my hands uh, in in the way you can become a carpenter or a skilled tradesman or anything like that. I learned absolutely nothing. Uh, in that respect, but of course, I did learn language skills and my literacy skills and studying skills and things like that. 
um, were obviously uh, honed in that sort of a situation. But is it any diff- is it any wonder that the girls or the ladies or the females go back to the um, differences in the way that we use the pronouns and all that? Is it any wonder that we see life differently? Because uh, sometimes I wander around the house and I think, oh. I'm blooming useless at certain things, you know, whereas Anne, my wife, has got wonderful skills. I mean, she really does uh, have, uh, I mean, the, the cooking, the housework, all that sort of stuff, which traditionally is where we all uh, were educated into what we do and what our mission in life is about. Um, she's exemplary, whereas sometimes I'm just awful, and I know that I'm awful, I try to improve as I get the chance to think about new things. But, I mean, you you managed to book that trend and you became a tradesman and also uh, then your own company and everything. Now, where did that transition come from for you? Was it school? You know, I was a bit of a mixture, to be honest. I didn't know what my direction was. I never... But, however, ironically, even though, as I've told you before, I left the church... Uh, the Methodist Church, I always believed that I would be guided to what I was going to do. I never I never thought I never really had to think about it very much. Things happened. Now, whether you put that down to fate or whether you put it down to belief or whether you put it down to just luck, I I don't know. But I was never without a job ever. And I always did three or four jobs in order, I would be a DJ, mobile DJ on a Saturday. After I played rugby, I'd go out and then bru- battered and bruised, take our van out, and I'd set up, and it could be the other side of uh, London, and I did that. Um, I, I suppose I never really, truthfully, honestly, thought about it. I didn't. I didn't. I just was too busy trying to build my empire, and it wasn't an empire like a blooming, you know, Rothschild or anything like that. It was my own particular self-satisfactory um, empire. And it and it was great. And I enjoyed every minute because every minute I learned. And I, I realised that learning was actually what life is all about. Because when you stop learning, which a lot of people around us do, they think they know it all as to for an expression – they lost. They're lost. They, 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 they're, they're no good to anybody. They just can't do anything. But when you realise that if you keep on studying and you look at things and even now and we're in our older years, you look back and you look at things when something happens and you think, hmm, why on earth did that happen? Or it wouldn't have happened if they'd have done that. You've got experience. And that's, I think, counts an awful lot. When you've uh, when you've done your years, it's like doing your time, isn't it, for a, for an apprenticeship? It it is, but really, what I'm trying to get to the the nub of the matter, and I think this probably means I must talk in a similar way on a similar prod- podcast, uh, either to Anne or to a female, uh, to get this balance right, because I know that because my dad w- wasn't really very good in a practical sense then I got no guidance from my dad in that respect. Uh, no, this is not a blame thing, by the way. That's just looking no, at... No, no, you know, no, no, it's a, pra- it's a, it's a factual thing. Um, and, and obviously my mum didn't sort of work in those ways. Um, so if they didn't have the skills, there's no way they're going to be able to pass them on to me. Now, uh, when it came to you, I'm trying to find out where did you find your practical skills that you became so well in? Well, grandfather was a bricklayer um, and I was always pottering in his shed and asking, even as a child, what this was for or what that tool was for. He kept pigeons as well, which during his last cancer years kept him occupied. He was doing something always, um, which, like I said before in the last one, it's not really what you want, but it's it's having something to do all the time. Mm -hmm. Right until the very end, he had something to do. then I got it, my father, obviously, he was a carpenter. He spent six years getting his uh, national qualifications at night school. He worked and then he went to night school for six years. His father wouldn't let him stay. He was allowed to stay at school 
after 16, but his father wanted him to go to work. So that's where there was that type of respect thing. And it was respect. It wasn't bullying. It wasn't whatever. If you, you did what your father said. Yeah. And that was simple. It wasn't uh, you didn't you didn't argue. You didn't cry out. You didn't. It was just everybody did it. So that's what you did. If you hang um, on, hang on to that for a second, because I think that's very important, because when it comes to sex education values, the way that we've had to sort of preface a lot of what we're talking about, you see, we did listen to what our parents we had to. So if your father and your mother, but, you know, if you didn't get any sex education at home, the only place that you'd really get sex education would probably be at school. So I think we need to investigate that. I don't think there was anything in the primary school. I don't think anybody even discussed anything. We just knew there was a difference between a boy and a girl, and the appropriate thing was to accept it and not to do all the sorts of things that were getting uh, thrust at people today. So I go then to what I can remember as sex education, which is basically a, one of the brothers came when we would be about 11, uh, drew a massive great penis on the board, um, and drew the ladies' bits, and with a long a pointed stick, so, sort of clumsily explained what happened but there was no comprehension by that time and remembering I lived uh, with sisters all my life um, realistically I knew full well there was a huge difference uh, but that difference manifested itself in the way that I sort of went through my own puberty stage um, obviously, um, being corrected every now and again, whenever I was spotted uh, reading between the lines, you can see what I'm talking about, uh, because basically your body is doing certain things and uh, you haven't got a clue what it's all about. So really, it's only by leaving school, because basically I didn't get the right or I didn't get all the information at school. And it was only sort of after going out probably starting a job eventually starting going out to the clubs and meeting the other sex and sort of you know obviously building friendships etc that I really knew what on earth I was doing in life in that respect so I mean that's because at the age of 16 or 17 um, really that was where we started having a, a sex life if you like whereas today yeah. you've got people um, taking, as I think I've told you before, in my um, grand, one of my grandchildren told me about uh, a, a teacher coming in with a banana, uh, unpeeling it, showing Vaseline, and explaining um, the uh, male uh, uh, sex act between two men in a classroom. I didn't get that sort of information. I didn't want it. But who is right? Are we living through a better situation at the moment? Because I don't think we are. I think that, you know, I have to admit, I think the people of the generation before me had it in a better way. Um, although they were then suffering at the same time things like awful world wars. I mean, come on. You know, you've got to look at your the things that, that that they went through before you can understand did they have real time to give us proper sex education you know um you you've, you learn by sort of i mean it used to be called learning on the job if you'll pardon the pun because um you know that's how people used to learn trades learning on the job sitting next to nelly was another expression that they used to exp uh, explain things yeah, I certainly didn't have uh, a, a, a full sexual knowledge and explanation like they're trying to give the children today, but it's in a different way because how how can you possibly really be totally and utterly neutral when you're coming from a gender identity, one or the other, with a very, very few exceptions in between? Very, very few will be in the teaching profession. So, um, give me your thoughts on that one. <coughs> well, 
I think the te- teaching profession, when we're going to go off off a, a key a little bit here, because I think they've been, I do think teachers are suffocated now. They they don't have a an open, you know, I can even remember having an being able to have an idea about what I was going to teach the next day. And as long as it was within the curriculum and it explained something we were doing in the curriculum, you could do that any way you wanted of course i didn't teach in the classroom as a teacher i only taught at um for my teaching practice so i i didn't really i don't think to be honest i would have suited staff room life i wouldn't have i wouldn't have been able to there were so many diverse um people within without within our teaching staff i think i would have really suffered for from from uh, actually going to a school because i i've 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 always had my own ideas i've always had my own you know if somebody gave me a subject i'd have probably have a different idea on it than anybody else because i would look from it from a different point of view and that's always been my you know my way really there's always two sides Sometimes nowadays there's 25 sides or they purport to be mm-hmm. and they're not really 25 sides. They've just cut the two sides up into little diversions. And I, I, I goodness knows how you bring a child up in these this day and age. I really don't know how you do it unless you're going to a specific school that you want to go them to go to that teaches the things that you want them to learn. Well, very interestingly, you see, I think this is a huge, huge juncture in education uh, that really you've got a big difference coming up, which is we as boys weren't really taught how to properly take care of a lady, try and do the courting bit in a nice way and sort of the sexual bit in a caring way. We were never taught that. And uh, mind you, I I shouldn't say uh, categorically never because we're going back so long, it's difficult to be prescriptive about it. Did you you not get any... um... Any any ideas from your father or your mother? No, no, I don't think they did. No, um, well, only by the example, you see. Now, correct, you see, correct, that's true. And and a lot of my early lifetime, my dad had come back from the war. Uh, my mum obviously uh, had come up from another part of the country. Uh, they saw things very very differently at times. And to be fair. You you know um, I I know that I was well looked after and well cared for, but it wasn't until Anne came into my life that really things like cuddling and holding hands and and caring in a different way was really you know the order of the day. I mean, obviously my mum would have been probably quite tactile, uh, but my dad certainly wasn't. Um, quite the reverse. I don't. I don't think men were. No, they were. I think it was a general um, blanket uh, thing with men that they didn't. They didn't show emotion, or they didn't show care. Um, and I think at that time it was what women actually. They couldn't understand why they didn't show it. And I think that's one of the reasons that they've become so independent, if you want to call it independent, is that you and Anne had this loving relationship that you built together. But the, the modern the modern relationships are just seem to be... They, they don't start with feeling. They don't start with compassion because they don't see it at home. Well, look, I think the crucial part is that as a lot of boys don't really understand their role in life and their sexual role, and I'm sure that I'm not speaking as a loner here, I think there's so many people will will see what I'm talking about. When I then go to the fact that the girls were prepared for childbirth and looking after the, um, you know, looking, caring side, because... I think uh, menstruation would come into it as a big part of this. You you know, uh, I mean, I I obviously have read and seen things and 
I haven't got the, the full picture. I can only really learn from my wife in many, many respects. But, um, you know, uh, if if you grow up and it's an explanation that at some time every month you're going to bleed. I mean, to us, the only time we bled was when we got a knock in football or, or later rugby or fell over in the street or things like that. And so the education and the differences between the way genders can be, I think, are hinged around that point. Because if you are educated about your own body, and I think females probably are far better and more uh, educated about that than males. Yeah, well, they would have had conversation with their mother. Yes. Whereas we didn't get the conversation no. about... Because basically men have sex we we make we in our old days we we made it loving because of how we were brought up and that where we put our energies into i think whereas the the woman really did try to make a family make a home make a they, they were the they were the, really the driving forces in and responsible for the family becoming a unit the men, i'm not saying the men went off and played away you know, everybody, I'm sure they did, some of them, and a lot of them, or I have no idea, because it's not the sort of thing you'd brag about anyway, would you? Not if you're, not a, decent, really. not if you're a decent person, but I do think another thing we haven't talked about, uh, and, uh, you know, it's probably opportune to say here, that, of course, you don't get an education in alcohol either. So if you've got sort of a, an educational deficiency about the way that you should have a sexual behaviour, align that to learning on the job, if you like, with the alcohol. Because, uh, I, I mean, I, did, I hadn't touched alcohol till I was 16. And, and even then, I mean, you, you know, around my house, it wasn't until I'd left home, really, that, you know, um, that, that I really started to understand the, when I say understand, you know what you like in, in alcohol. It takes you a long time to learn how to behave and be around alcohol in the right way. You know yourself as well as I do. There are people around us who have never learned that lesson, never will learn that lesson. And... Yeah, it's true. It's it's really true. And of course, while all this is going on, uh, we've had people who have squandered a fortune, uh, spent all the family income, you know, uh, all things that have been going on in the background that we haven't really known too much about. And then you realise, um, you know, that I can remember a, a guy turning up at um, my dad's front door once and um you know, he was obviously somebody who would be out drinking and um, was looking for somewhere to stay for the night and all this sort of thing, you know. And, and of course, all that is part and parcel of trying to understand the differences between the way uh, even the females will probably... I, I remember Anne getting tiddly uh, for the first time, really, um, you know, because she didn't learn to drink, you know. But over the years, she knew that alcohol was not good because of a family situation uh, and so therefore she without knowing it was beginning to influence me because uh, I tended to only drink on a Saturday fortunately I had my judo all during the week and you didn't drink when you were going to judo uh, rugby on Saturday that was a different matter so you know you'd play your rugby and then I'd go back home get myself ready go off to DJ and I've got a free bar what am I going to do just absolutely, you know, get blotto, which, looking back, I mean, it was so silly. Um, there's also other things that are definitely different. For example, I'm sure within your household, you might be a little bit like Anna myself. Anne is often wanting heat. And uh, I'm the opposite. You know, I, I, bedclothes is the obvious one, the blankets. You know, um, I sometimes there's a big difference between Anne doesn't want any clothes, um, any bed clothes, whereas I need them. You know, we we do see heat differently, and uh, again, I mean that's something. That we're, just to interrupt you, we're reverse of that. I, I sleep with very little on a t-shirt and some shorts on top of the bed covers, even now. And Becky sleeps all like a caterpillar, enshrouded in a velvet uh, 
uh, yeah, I've got the name of the thing. But they're, they're, you know, everybody's different, and that's the wonder of this world, I think. Yeah, uh, but as I say, uh, I mean, the, the thing is, it, it, it's then you can see clearly if uh, one party isn't as uh, getting as cold or getting as hot as the other, uh, that has implications for the likes of, do we have the heating on or do we just put a, another jacket on or whatever? You know, I mean, th there are very, very interesting differences between what I, I see other men and women talk about or read about um, because basically, um, you know, my feeling now is well, without a shadow of a doubt, I'd rather put a jumper on uh, rather than put the heating on because I read medical articles which tell me that it's probably on balance better to be a little colder than too hot. That's where your germs will all flourish, etc., etc. So, um, you know, it's the point of view, isn't it? Now, what about TV viewing? Do you have big differences of opinion over what should be seen on your television in your house? Well, I up until only November, I had my my daughter here. She's now moved out into another flat, but she's only 29. So she needed a bit of time to do that. Um, she's uh, and it was for her. It was love and and uh, there's a silly program where they do a cap. The, they do a show really, really filthy rich people hiring out a, a boat. Right. Uh, and they give tips of twenty thousand dollars for four days um, to the to the crew and things like that. Not not always, not always, but you know that's that's what happens. And then then you see these stupid. I'm you know that's my opinion. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people who don't think they're stupid, think they're lucky. But then these stupid youngsters, and some of them aren't very young, but they've lived this life of being abroad and being on a boat and anything goes, they go off with all this money and they not, I'm sure they don't blow it all. And because they're being, they're being filmed, aren't they? So the TV company will pick up some of the, mm -hmm. the tab as the way it goes. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're in tiny little cabins and they're jumping in and out of bed with each other. They're they're And it, it's like, that's normal. Once upon a time, I might have said, "Oh, that, that's, why, why are they why are they showing that?" And probably I wouldn't have done. Actually, I, I probably would have just accepted it that that's what the way TV was going. But I can't I can't accept any of it now. I, I think I'm just getting old, Vince. I think um, life has life is turning me old. Well, I I think it isn't so much a question of turning you old. I think what it is is you're beginning to understand the way that life is a gift. The gift of life is something which has been given to us by our parents. We don't know, I, I can't say for sure whether it was a loving moment or was it maybe a, a, a night of passion or was it, we don't know, but we've, we, we've got the gift of life. And, you know, when I look at uh, the sacrifices and the things that my wife has done to bring us our children and look after them and what she's like with the grandchildren, you know, I, I can only become more and more in admiration of my mum, uh, my, my wife, obviously, and my, my uh, female sisters and friends because of the fact that they risked their lives to bring a child into the world. Now, you can be as much uh, woke as you like, but men do not risk their lives to bring a child into the world. They don't do it. We don't do it. We never will do. We never have done. And so that is a big, big difference for me between the point of view of a woman and the point of view of a man and the way that they seem to be able to be so more practical in so many ways. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we've, we've got such a topic. We have not even gone near single parents. And, and what a wonderful job most of those people do. And, you know, those that maybe don't realise it, they're being undermined by social media. As soon as kids can get on that social media 
and use that blessed telephone or tablet or whatever it is, all their hard work is totally undermined in many, many ways. Um, okay, Matt, we've not got long to go, actually. We're coming up to the last five minutes. So wow. uh, let's get your thoughts on the the way that social media is being used by different genders. Because I see that, um, you know, if you go to sensible platforms, for me, people like the LinkedIn Brigade, who basically tend to be very professional, even on there, you'll see some differences. Um, but it's it's probably on the Facebook pages that you do read between the lines and you see how some men obviously have matured and some women obviously um, have matured. But some of our friends and people we know don't seem to sort of be maturing. They seem to be, if you like, regressing in some ways from the comments they make, you know. Yeah, I I, I definitely think we're regressing. I definitely think as a as a as a society we're regressing. And you know, when you look in Africa and you see all of the the work that's being done over there, and the, they're they're drilling for their lives, they're drilling for water. They don't have it out there, but the governments are really wealthy, so they're just not. Dis- There's something wrong with the whole of our society at the moment, the whole of the world, with the wars going on and with the oppression of people. And China, I I, I think China's about to explode with something maybe it's controlled explosion um but there, there there's definitely something there i mean you've got putin hiding he, he is hiding he's not coming out very much he's hiding um you've got the uh, ukrainian guy he's out all the time he's you know trying to get back in you've got the, the i was going to swear them you've got the rubbish going on in yemen and all in in that uh, area you've got don't even start on the Israeli and Palestine thing. I think that is, I think that he should be held to to a war crimes, the uh, Israeli guy. No matter who owns the, the the land or who wants the land, what he has done to human life and people that cannot defend themselves in the name of finding terrorists is abominable. I, I, and the more I read it, first of all, I was sort of un, on his side and thought, well, mm. you know, he's he's fighting against guerrillas. He's fighting against all the he's bombed thousands and thousands of people out of their homes. And he's bombed uh, and he's killed. I don't know how many is now thousands Matt, of people. Matt, we're, we've just got two minutes left. We've been looking at the differences between uh, genders, which could mean that really without sort of having uh, world leaders who are seeing the way that uh, maybe the females in particular uh, can view life due to their life experiences, um, we need a balance between the two points of view. That's what we need. Uh, Yes, uh, the situation was dreadful, you can't do what they, the, the Hamas people did without some sort of uh, recrimination. You can't do that. But, uh, you know, there comes a time when you can overpunish. And so I tend to agree with you now. Uh, but the most important thing is that nobody seems able to stop this horrible spiral of violence uh, despite maybe having a different point of view from a gender identity or whatever we're coming from, because that's where we were really, really basing a lot of what we were talking about today. It's yeah, how we, we, we've gone off the topic a little bit in various. But one thing, one thing is that we move from one to another. It's very easy. It hasn't been difficult to move from one subject like that to another subject because that's the problem now vince isn't it they're all intertwined good point matt i don't believe i'm doing this we've got to finish oh no yeah must be a part two somewhere on this one (laughs) i've got to say a very very demanding and very difficult podcast to keep on point Uh, and I think there's a lot more to uh, discuss so I'll be looking for our next topic with great relish Uh, I've got one in mind and I look forward to chatting with you next week Matt 
Vince, have a lovely week and uh, give your lovely lady a, a peck on the cheek because I'm sure that's uh, that's not uh, that's perfectly allowed. So um, up until then, have a lovely, lovely week. Thank you, Matt, and uh, all the best to you and yours. Ta-da! Ta-da!